everybody, my name is Andrew and welcome back to the Bundesliga. I can finally say it, Bundesliga action is back. Germany is the first country out of the top five big soccer leagues in Europe to allow soccer to restart to try and finish off the 2019-2020 season. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the show. I'm Andrew, and this is my show called Welcome to the Bundesliga, where we talk about everything and all things Bundesliga, German soccer, and we get into the nitty-gritty of all the details, because that's what I do here. Now, I hope that everyone is enjoying having some live soccer. I'm sure there are a lot of new fans who haven't had their eyes in the German league before and now watching German soccer, and I'm sure there's lots of questions and all kinds of discussions about the league. I encourage you guys to go back through my catalog and listen to some of the older episodes. I talk about a lot of in-depth issues and topics relating to the Bundesliga and what makes it unique compared to other leagues. I talk about VAR, I talk about the fan bases, I talk about the structure of the teams, all kinds of things like that. So please check out some of the older episodes and get reacquainted or get acquainted for the first time with what the Bundesliga is. Now... With that all out of the way, Bundesliga is back, so I can finally say after a long time, let's get right into the action. Now, before we do that, I am going to do a recap, a quick recap of where the season left off right before the pandemic shut it down at game week 25, give us an intro into game week 26, and just run with it all the way through. So, this was a bang of a weekend, but first... Let's get the recap. All right, so top of the table. Bayern, first place, 55 points. Dortmund, second place, 51 points. Hot on their tail. RB Leipzig sitting there with 50 points in third place. Right on Dortmund's tail and right there waiting for Bayern to slip up so they could pick up some points as well. Then we have Borussia Mönchengladbach. For those of you that don't feel like saying Borussia Mönchengladbach every time you can't read their name, you now have my permission to just say Gladbach. That's the quick and short version of their name. They are sitting in fourth place with 49 points. And then we have Bayer Leverkusen with 47 rounding out the Europa League spots. At the bottom of the table, we have in the first relegation spot, Fortuna Dusseldorf. They're in a playoff relegation spot with 22 points. Then we have Werder Bremen, who has fallen from grace in the relegation spot with 18 points. And then dead last, where the minnows that were promoted last year and are probably going back down this year, SC Potterborn. So we got the top of the table. The usual suspects that you would usually expect, Bayern, Dortmund, Gladbach, all those teams up there. And then in the relegation spot, we have Dusseldorf, Bremen, and Potterborn. Now, let me give you guys a quick recap of some of the recent form of some of the top teams to kind of give you an idea of where each team was in their season, in their form, heading into the lockdown. Bayern had seven wins out of their last eight and one draw. They've been undefeated since the winter break. Borussia Mönchengladbach had four wins out of the last seven with two draws. They led the table for about six or seven weeks in the first half of the season. So you guys have to keep that in mind. Their current form is not necessarily indicative of their overall form. But I've mentioned in previous episodes before that Gladbach seems to have this monkey on their back where they do good in the first half and then they drop off form in the second. 
And a lot of times they go into the winter break, you know, second place or right around there, and then after the winter break, fall off. It happened last year. It looks like it's happening this year as well, but there's still a lot, a lot of soccer to be played, so we don't know where they're going to end. But Gladbach is one of those teams that if they could figure out the end of the year form, they could definitely be a contender for the title every year. Next up, we have Dortmund. They have won seven of their last eight. And the one game they lost was an amazing banger of a game against Bayer Leverkusen. If you guys could check that out, I'll put a link to the highlights of that game in the show notes. It was easily one of the best games since January in the Bundesliga. So check that game out. In addition to winning seven of the last eight, Erling Holland, who is the young Norwegian player, joined them in January from RB Salzburg, has nine goals in eight games going into this 26th game week. So not only is Dortmund on fire with seven out of eight wins, Erling Holland's on fire with nine goals in eight games. I'm sure he's on everyone's radar at this point, but us here in the Bundesliga, we had the first glimpses of his amazing form, and he is just not slowing down. The next up, we have RB Leipzig, Rosin Ballsport Leipzig, or as everyone else knows them, Red Bull Leipzig. They have three wins in the last eight with four ties, so they're not losing a lot of games, but they're not winning a whole bunch either. They're picking up points, but not as much as they would like to. However, most of those ties are mainly against top five teams, including Bayer Leverkusen and Bayern Munich. So they are able to get points out of some of the teams at the top of the table, which is hard to do these days. All right, and then the last team I'm going to cover right now is Bayer Leverkusen. They have six wins in eight, including that one banger of a game over Dortmund. And Kai Havertz is in peak, peak form right now as well. Maybe even potentially better than Holland. He, he's just as hot as Holland right now. He has four goals and four assists in the Bundesliga, and then three goals and three assists in Europa League and the DFL Cup. So that's all just since January. He's got four goals, four assists in the Bundesliga, three goals, three assists in European and domestic competition. So Kai Havertz has popped off since January, and that's kind of good because he wasn't really on anyone's radar in the first half of the year because he wasn't playing that well. But since January, he has just hit another gear and is taking off. All right, now that we're all caught up, that was all prior to game week 26, which is where we are going now. Let's start off with, why not, let's go with uh, the derby at the bottom. Dusseldorf versus Paderborn. You didn't miss anything. It's the derby at the bottom. Both teams in relegation. It was a 0-0 draw. That was never going to be an exciting match to begin with. Fans, no fans. That was a 0-0 draw. Didn't miss anything there. Next, let's move to something a little bit more exciting. Here we have Hertha Berlin versus Hoffenheim. Now, Hertha Berlin's had an up-and-down season this year. They've had drama with the coaches. This is the first year where their rivals, Union Berlin, are in the Bundesliga, and they, I believe, lost to Union, and now they're below them in the table. So it's not been Hertha's best year, and they're sitting low in the table. Not quite relegation, but definitely low in the table. Then Hoffenheim has also not been having the best year. I believe they're just outside of a European spot. So... This is going to be an interesting matchup. It's a team that wants to get into Europe versus a team that wants to kind of prove a point and get some form back and try to rescue something from their season. 
Here in this game, Hertha Berlin punch above their weight and they take down Hoffenheim 3-0. My main thing in this game was Matthias Kuna. He's been a great signing from them. He wasn't really getting a fair shake at RB Leipzig and got a transfer over to Hertha. And at Hertha, he's been doing pretty well. In the last three games, he has three goals for Hertha Berlin. And I'll include a link to his goal in this game in the show notes. It was a beautiful goal. He worked really hard for it. So that was a nice goal by Matthias Cunha. And I do think he has a really bright future. He's only 20 years old. And I believe last year his goal for RB Leipzig was the goal of the season. I believe he was a contender for the best goal in FIFA as well. So the, the Puchkas Award, I think it's called. So definitely keep an eye on Matthias Cunha. If he doesn't blow up in the Bundesliga, he might blow up somewhere else as well. But he definitely sealed the deal for this game. Got the victory for Hertha versus Hoffenheim. All right. Next up, we have, let's go with Gladbach versus Frankfurt. This was my personal favorite game of the weekend. Gladbach came to play and they came to win. And Frankfurt was honestly just caught off guard by all that. There was two very early goals by Gladbach. One by, I believe, Alisson Playa in the 35th second of the game. So that was a quick resurgence after, you know, two months of no football to get right back into it. Allison play at 35 seconds in. The other goal came about seven minutes in, and that was almost the nail in the coffin there. Two very early goals from Gladbach hurt them, but Frankfurt did show some flashes of desire. They didn't lay down and take it kind of like Schalke did, which I'll, I'll mention in the next game, but they, they tried to fight their way back to a victory. They went down 3-0 in the 81st minute, they tried to get more afterwards, but they just couldn't get it. They weren't good, but they did try to fight to get something out of the game. So Gladbach needed this win to stay in the title race, and they got it. They got their three points. Frankfurt need to step into gear to rescue their season. They've been having a very hot and cold season. I've been talking about that a lot in this podcast. They seem to be doing okay in Europe, and then in the same game week, they have a, a Tuesday game in Europe where they win and look really, really good and then play on a Saturday in the Bundesliga and fall apart. That's been happening more than I think they would like for that to be happening. So Frankfurt is a team I can't really gauge this year. They're a team that beat Bayern for the DFL Cup a couple of years ago. Ever since Frankfurt lost their coach, Nivo Kovac, to Bayern, and then they lost two star players in Ante Rebic and Luka Jovic and Sebastian Allaire, they kind of haven't really been able to recover from that. So that's been really devastating to them. Next up, I am going to talk about the Riviera Derby. This was the game that everyone had on their minds. I'm sure it was the game that everyone was pushing on social media and for good reason. The Riviera Derby is the best game usually in the Bundesliga. It's usually the most exciting and it is the biggest rivalry game we have in the top tier Bundesliga. So. Dortmund was ready for the game, Schalke was not. They got whipped 4-0 and didn't really even look like they could fight back at all. Holland's in great form, Hazard's in great form, Guerrero and Hakimi all look like they're in great form and have not missed a beat. So Dortmund just wiped the floor with Schalke. So that's pretty crazy seeing as how last year Schalke was battling relegation, but the one game they showed up in was the Riviera Derby, and were able to, I think, either tie or defeat Dortmund. And this year, 
they weren't able to do that. So Schalke messed this one up, but Dortmund seems to be chugging right along like they didn't miss a game week. Now, Schalke going into this was winless in their last five matches. And on top of that, Wagner, David Wagner, the American coach, seemed to make some interesting choices in that he didn't start Alexander Nubel, who's their best goalkeeper, and honestly the future of the German national team, I imagine, didn't start him. And we've already seen that the backup goaltender is not good. He can't really handle those games. They played him in a game against Bayern, I believe, also didn't play very well. So I don't know why he wouldn't play Nubel. I don't know if he's punishing him for getting his transfer over to Bayern in the summer, but I think that was the wrong move. On top of that, Schalke didn't play Gregoric and Bergstaller, who seems to be mainstays in the team for the past couple of years, at least Bergstaller. And then Gregoric, I believe, is a newer player to the team, but still an integral part. So I don't know if it was a lineup issue or if they just weren't ready to play yet, but Schalke did not look good. All right, next up we have Bayern Munich versus Union Berlin. Nothing really too impressive here. Bayern won, got the two goals, and scrapped out a victory without an injury. I'll take it. It wasn't pretty or decisive, but Bayern does hold on to their lead at the top of the table. However, when it comes to Union Berlin, I wonder why they didn't start Sebastian Anderson. He's tied for fifth in goal scoring this year. He has 11 goals on the season. He's easily Union Berlin's best player and wasn't in the starting lineup. So that that's worrisome for me. I don't know if he's injured or not in good form or what the deal is, but he is definitely a player that should start every game from Union Berlin, especially a game as big as playing against Bayern Munich, actually. So I'm surprised that he didn't start. They did end up subbing him in. Maybe he just wasn't really match fit and couldn't do the full 90 minutes, but that was an interesting point for me. Something else that was interesting out of this game, actually, I just found out since, you know, the Bundesliga has no fans, is that three out of the four sides of Union Berlin's stadium are safe standing. The only side that does not have safe standing is the side you can't see on TV because it's where the cameras are. That side has chairs and seats. The other three sides, both behind both nets and on the far touchline, don't have seats. It's all safe standing, which is pretty crazy. And I mean, they don't have a huge stadium, but they always pack it. And now I understand why the vibe is what it is. Every fan in that stadium is standing, yelling, screaming, chanting, cheering. And that leads to a very, very dangerous environment for away teams and a very good environment for Union home fans. So that's pretty crazy. I didn't really notice that until I saw them play in an empty stadium. Moving on here, the last match I want to talk about in this match day is Bayer Leverkusen versus Werder Bremen. This game can be subbed up in one chant. Your defense is terrified. Kai Havertz on fire. He just blew up on this team. He put two goals in, looked dangerous the entire game, got two headers, was sitting on a hat trick. Didn't quite get it, but Kai Havertz is easily one of the two players that's on fire in the Bundesliga along with Erling Haaland. Both very young players, both have very promising futures ahead of them, and both playing in peak, peak form right now. Bayer Leverkusen in general just walked all over Werder Bremen. Bremen really like earned this loss. They were absolutely dreadful. There was a couple t times where all they had to do was just square up the shot on net, and it was probably going to go in, and they couldn't even do that. No defenders around. 
pass came through, just squared up on net, and it's going to go in. Couldn't do that. There were a couple other plays where a nice low ball came in. All you had to do was beat the defender to the ball, which you could have easily done. Couldn't do that. So I feel like the hustle just wasn't there from Bremen, and maybe just their mentality wasn't there because they're fighting relegation. But this game was all Bremen's to lose. They could have gotten maybe a draw out of it or maybe at least a couple more goals and get their confidence up to not go down 4-1. So that was uh, that was kind of Bremen's performance. Their season's pretty much a wash anyway, so I'm kind of curious why they didn't give Josh Sargent some more time. Granted, he's a very young, you know, 19-year-old player, but as someone from America and follows the MLS and the American national team, I just kind of jealously want Josh Sargent to get more playing time. So... That's that's my uh, my view there. I like Sargent. I'll try to support Americans anywhere they play in the Bundesliga, and there are a lot of them. So I was just hoping that Josh Sargent could get some time for Bremen. Unfortunately, he did not, and they are still fighting relegation. So, wow, that's it. Overall, a fun game week, super fun matches. I really loved the Frankfurt-Gladbach match. The Riviera Derby was just a whooping. Bayern got their three points, and then... Bayer Leverkusen also went to town on Werder Bremen. So overall, a lot of fun this week. I do question some of the starting lineups and the player selections. For example, these are all players that did not start for their teams. Alexander Nubel for Schalke, didn't start. Sebastian Anderson for Union Berlin, didn't start. Jaden Sancho for Dortmund, did not start. Leon Bailey, Bellarabi, and Jonathan Ta. None of them started for Bayer Leverkusen, although by the looks of it, Peter Bosch made the right decision because they won 4-1. So I guess he didn't need Bailey, Bellarabi, and Ta. But those are all really dangerous players to have on the bench. If if he can pull off a 4-1 victory without having any of those in his lineup, Leverkusen is team to be reckoned with. And you better watch out for them because I can easily see them being a pretty good team in the next couple of years. They're already a pretty good team, but I can see them doing a lot better in the next couple of years. Anyway... That is pretty much what I got for you guys. I do want to mention one last thing, though. How did all of you guys enjoy watching the game behind closed doors with no fans, empty stadiums, none of that hype and cheering and banners and smoke and flares and the hoopla of having a full stadium? How did you guys enjoy that? I thought it was a little bit weird, but I'll take live soccer, you know? There are definitely a couple teams I noticed that could have used the home support that didn't have it that probably hurt them. The two biggest ones being Union Berlin and Eintracht Frankfurt. Those look like teams that once they were playing at a home stadium without their fans, they seemed to kind of fall apart and, and honestly could have used that boost from actually being in a home stadium and having their fans cheering them on to you know, do better in the game. But with all of that being said... Thank you guys for sticking around. I hope that any new listeners would consider subscribing and following the podcast. I do have a social media account on Instagram. It's welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. That's welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. You can also send me an email, fan questions, comments, any kind of discussions you want to guys have, you guys want to have. And that would be at w2bundesliga at gmail.com. That's w, the number two, Bundesliga at gmail.com. I will also include a bunch of stuff in the show notes of this episode, so please check it out. I have highlight videos, goals, all kinds of stuff 
check out the show notes for sure. With that being said, I am looking forward to next week's games and to getting back to watching some live soccer. I'm super excited. I know you guys are too. My name is Andrew. I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>